When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Signing autographs with Ozzy, hanging with a drunk Phil Anselmo, and mooning Chuck Billy from Testament? Wow, being a metal DJ in the 90s certainly had its perks. Metal Mike here, and in this one we hear all about it from radio personality Victor Lyle. We also hear about how format switched to grunge in the 90s and why radio will never go away. Check it out! Well, Victor, welcome to the 80s Glam Metal Cast. Now, can you believe you're on something called the 80s Glam Metal Cast? Thank you. Hi, Ken. Are you kidding? This is the music that uh, is part of the fabric of my life. I mean, I was I was a part of it. I lived it. I breathed it. And uh, to this day, I uh, I still consider myself a, a glam metal head. Uh, I still rock the long hair. And uh, you know what? I I don't conform to I don't conform to anyone. Not anymore. <laughs> nice. So for people out there who are familiar with radio, I mean, your voice has been all over it. Uh, tell everybody what it is that you do today and, and what you did back in the past. Well, I'll tell you what, let, let's go in chronological order, if you don't mind. Sounds good I to me. I started the radio years ago, back in the 80s. Uh, moved down from California, went to uh, Massachusetts, ended up in upstate New York, where I was working for the K-Rock format or a galaxy, Ed Levine and his crew. And that was back in the late 80s into uh, 90s. I was working for him for about eight years and uh, had the honor of launching his K-Rock station back when it was a classic rock station. Uh, then we, uh, we did a format switch, and it was a pretty gutsy move on Ed's part because uh, he said, uh, let's do something that, captures the pulse of upstate New York. It wasn't uh, a music format based out of Albany or Syracuse or Rochester. It was central New York. It was encompassing all of central New York. And it was, a, it was an audience that was not being served. It was an audience who liked their Pantera, their White Zombie, their Black Sabbath, their ACDC, their Led Zeppelin. Uh, you know, all, all the bands, the, the Pearl Jams. I mean, we were... we. we we were uh, breaking Pearl Jam in upstate New York, man. We were doing uh, a lot of things that a lot of radio stations could not do because they were following a script. We were not, and it was all based on gut instinct. Did this sound good? Did this rock? Did this make people's head bounce? You know, did this make people say, play that song? You know, this is this a song that made people call up the radio station and want more of it? And that's what we were doing, and it was it was an honor to be part of that. You know, it's not too often where you're you're given an opportunity to uh, to do something that at the time was your calling, and uh, and music scene was my scene. I wasn't a musician, but I wanted to play other musicians' music. I wanted to turn people on to the music that I loved, uh, and it, it was bands like like that, old bands from Maiden to Priest. Uh, you know, to Deep Purple, to Zeppelin, to new bands, you know, that were uh, finding their niche in a, in a format that 
that uh, gave uh, and gave true homage to the masters of uh, of rock, the masters of glam metal. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember ever really being that into radio much in my life, but I remember at that point really being engaged, you know. Um, obviously, there was awesome personalities on there like yourself, but you were hearing new songs by by metal bands and rock bands, bands like Sabotage. I mean, I, I never heard Sabotage on the radio before, but K-Rock was playing Sabotage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, L.A. Guns had material out in the, in the early 90s. They were playing that, Jackal. Like you said, yeah. ACDC. So it was really cool because this is, I finally felt like this is the kind of stuff I like, and now it's on the radio. And uh, it really was, uh, it was a great time, I got to say. <laughs> yeah, you know, and radio still has that opportunity to connect with an audience. Uh, you know, it's, 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 let's face it, it's owned by uh, just a handful of record, co- or not record companies, but uh, radio companies across the country. And, you know, and times have changed, uh, you know, the consolidating costs and, you know, and playing what you know is going to work. And um, there's a handful of stations out there that still do that. Uh, I believe K-Rock does the same. Uh, they don't follow any recipe. Uh, they follow what is by their gut. Uh, not too many stations across the country can do that. So it's, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's good to see that. From a radio perspective, you, you you still find radio relevant based on uh, your music tastes if you can find it. If you can find it, and you know there's still there's still a place for radio, especially local radio, because if sabotage were to ever come to your town, um, you would want to know about it. Right. And if a station is breaking a sabotage record, maybe like we were doing in the Edge of Thorns, you got you know, it. Remember that? Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, I mean, we, man, we brought Sabotage to a uh, that place in Rome. Capitol Theater. No, no, it wasn't. It, well, we brought them to the Capitol Theater, but we also brought them to a club in Rome as well. Really? Uh, and in fact, we brought Dream Theater to that club in Rome. Oh, uh, yeah. It was, it, was, it, it was amazing. I remember bringing Testament. We brought Testament into town. It was It was crazy. It was a crazy time to see these bands uh, play these uh, these small little clubs and venues. It was a good time, man. It was a really, really special time in my radio career because we were turning people onto these bands, uh, and these bands were so grateful because you know you think of them as rock stars, and they are rock stars for the most part. But you know this is upstate New York, and uh, you pack a club with these new fans and these new these, this new fan base, they're buying these records. They're buying their records, their CDs. There weren't any MP3 downloads. And, uh, and they were, to see that, that germinate uh, into a relationship between the audience and the band. Here we were, the conduit in between. And we were, uh, we were part of that. And it was, a, it was a, an honor to be a part of that. Now, with some of these bands, I mean, obviously you got to probably meet some of these guys and um, and maybe even interview them on the air. What are some memorable uh, interviews that you had? Uh, I remember interviewing Tony Iommi. Nice. Uh, he, he thought it was kind of cool. He says, so your name is Tor. <laughs> it's just like, yes, Tor. Uh, I ended up meeting him years later uh, at, a, at a radio station in Houston that I, uh, that I worked at. Um, super nice guy. Uh, yeah, there was there was a lot of a uh, lot of 
lot of cool interviews. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing really stood out. I, 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 I don't know why. Um, I, I think it's because things were happening so fast for me, and I was young. I was in my, you know, in my early twenties, and it was just kind of being thrown into the wolves. Uh, you know, I'm doing a rock show. Uh, my, my on-air name was Tor, and uh, I had the world basically handed to me. You know, I could do anything I wanted to do within reason. Uh, and, uh, and I was, I was doing it and the, the people that I was speaking with, I do remember Dee Snyder popping into the station one night promoting his new, uh, Widowmaker album. Widowmaker, And, yeah. uh, I could not believe it. The front door was unlocked, dude. The front door was unlocked. It was about 9.30 at night and they were on their way. Uh, they were driving up from New York City. Uh, they were listening to the show. They found out where I was. He drops by in the radio station with somebody from the record company, drops a CD, and I remember having D in the studio for a while. We were playing songs off of his Widowmaker CD. It was, it was a trip. It's like, freaking D. Snyder, what are you doing up here? Dude, I'm listening to your radio station, The Rock Shop. It was like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> and so he just, we, we found out where you were, man. We stopped at a Shell gas station, and here we are. It's just like, dude. And that, I mean, things like that just cannot, you know, replace... Yeah, it, it, it just cannot be replaced. Uh, I, I remember Philip Anselmo backstage, Dimebag Girl. I was to introduce Pantera on stage. Uh, I think it was at the Utica Odd. Okay. Maybe it was in Syracuse, I can't remember. But I, I, I do remember uh, Dimebag Daryl being introduced to me by somebody from the record company. And the guy was super cool. Hey, it's just like, dude, I really appreciate your support. I'm, you know, you guys, you guys was listening to you guys. You guys are playing, actually playing our record, and you're, you're playing something more than just walk. And I'm going, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> uh, it was, it was great. So then, next thing you know, I somebody bumps into me, and it was like, it was like a, it was like a, a muscle machine that just bumped into me from the back. Is somebody just like purposely bumps into you? When I turn around, and and it's Philip Anselmo. And he just like bumps into me, and I look and I go, I go, oh, hey, how you doing, Philip? He goes, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I was like, all right, this guy's really drunk, and he was. I mean, he was, he was totally intoxicated. And then Dime, Dime says, he goes, dude, give him. He says, give him some slack. He's playing a record. He goes, you ain't fucking playing a record. Yeah, we're we're playing your song, and the, the record guy goes, he's going to be introducing you guys up on stage. He goes, nobody fucking is <laughs> Philip and Pantera. And I was just like, okay. And then Dime Dimebag says, hey, don't worry about him. He's just he's just Philip. I was like, whoa, that guy, man. I mean, don't bite, you know, don't bite the hand that feeds you. And I'm sure that you know nowadays he's got a different attitude towards everything, but. Um, you know, back in the day, he was thrown into the wolves, too. I mean, because think about it. He hates to admit it. But if you look back and you find the glam pictures of Pantera, you're talking pink spandex and hairspray that would give Axl Rose uh, jealousy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were big-time glam before they, yeah, right before Cowboys from Hell, before that one. Yeah, you're right. Totally. Totally glam, man. And, and uh, he, 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 he sure as hell didn't want to admit that. But you know what? You can't hide from your past, and uh, you know I can't hide from mine. And I, I did some crazy things, uh, crazy things there. Uh, I remember mooning Chuck Billy of uh, of Testament. 
uh, because I, I caught, we were playing a, a softball game uh, with Testament, and uh, I caught one of those fly balls out in, uh, in left field because uh, he, was, he was pissed. And for some reason, I just just, just decided to moon Chuck Billy. <laughs> Yeah. Good thing I was out in left. Good thing I was out in left field, you know. Yeah. People just saw. They, they saw skin. Could probably barely see my crack of the ass, but <laughs> nevertheless, you know, it was all fun and games, and you know, it was a lot of fun. Was a lot of, those, those were good times. Radio was a uh, was a lot of fun back there. I had a lot, a lot of fun. We had a great time at that radio station because everybody was a fan of the radio station. Um, that's one of the things that Amy Griswold at the time, she's, she's in the, uh, the upstate New York, uh, radio hall of fame and, and has every right to be there because she had a, a knack for picking songs. She could pick hits, uh, and she could pick great songs from bands that really never made it. Bands like Animal Bag, bands like Copperhead. Uh, these bands were amazing live, and we would bring them to these little clubs, and we'd be, these guys are huge, you know, and, and it's just all place and time, you know, place and time. Is it your place, and is it the right time for that particular band or that particular sound? Not the right time for Copperhead, but I can tell you one thing, one of the greatest live bands I've seen in a club. They were amazing. Nice. How did it work, Victor, with, like, record labels? Were they kind of, like, did they send you guys CDs and try to get you to play certain things? I mean, did they, what kind of influence did they have to get on the radio? Well, I mean, I wasn't the music director at the time at that radio station, but I was a music director at a radio station in, uh, in Massachusetts. And, and basically, at the time, they would call you up knowing that you received the CD or 45 or 12-inch vinyl single. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, at the time, they were, they, they were pitching three or four bands every week. You would take your calls, your music calls, and whether it be Columbia or Atlantic Records, uh, they would call you a rep that was designated to your region. So, you know, they would say, hey, man, we got some good record sales happening at The Last Unicorn. Remember The Last Unicorn uh, in Utica, that hell record yeah. store? <laughs> hell yeah. We got, some good rec- you know, we got some good record sales at that, at, at that uh, record store because of MT- MTV, you know? Uh, you know, Great White, Once Bitten Twice, Capital Records. Uh, that that was a hit, mm-hmm. and it was just starting to get some airplay on MTV, and they were starting to see some results and some local record sales, and uh, and and so I convinced my program director, hey, you know what? Let's play this record at night. It's a good it's a good rock song. It's got a great hook, uh, and uh, I, I I think we can have some success with this song. So you know, we, you, you take a lot of chances. You 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 the record company then supports you. They say, hey, we're going to bring the band to town. Or, hey, we're going to send you a whole bunch of CDs or vinyl or whatever, we're gonna, and you guys can give them away on the air. That stuff doesn't happen anymore. Right. Now, record companies, they don't have money in their budget to give away CDs or albums. Uh, and, and trying to get them to give away concert tickets is, is tough because it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really tight industry. The whole industry has changed. So I look back on those days and, and think about you know, how much fun we had and the, the things the record companies would do uh the promotions that we would be a part of and and other things that the record companies used to do that probably were illegal at the time in fact they were illegal at the time but we all have our our stories that should remain in the closet <laughs> now i remember this very clearly this was probably i, I can't i want to say maybe it was like 95 1996 
big article about a program change on the K-Rock station. And basically what they said is we're getting saying goodbye to Dinosaur Rock and we're going completely alternative. And I remember as being a hard rock heavy metal fan, I was like, this this is bullshit. This this is terrible. You know, I did not like that. Um, were you there for that change? What are your thoughts on all that? I was. In fact, um, I was doing um, I was doing the imaging for the radio station. Things that you heard in between the music, new rock, new rock, all that stuff that you heard in between the music. Right. Uh, it, it was a it was a good time for me to leave because. Uh, I, I had decided that this is not what I wanted to do anymore. It was, it, 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 I did not want to be that guy put on a pedestal. Everywhere I went, it was either in a grocery store, people were going, Dar! or uh, people were driving up to my house. I lived in an Oneida at the time, so I can drive to Syracuse and Utica. It was halfway in between point, so I can go to each market and not have to drive a long distance. So I remember people driving up to my house, uh, and you know they would, you know, at one a.m. in the morning, going, you know, what's going on? Hey, Tor, hey, dude, are you Tor? Like, yeah. So it was, it was, it was a good time for me to leave because I did not want to be that guy. Uh, I had, uh, in fact, here's a, here's an interesting radio story, and we'll get back to your question because it all circles back. Uh, the competitor, WOUR. Uh, at the time, we were their uh, their biggest competitor. In fact, they hated us. Uh, and back in those days, they were the only station in town. And all of a sudden, in, in comes this little radio station, and it starts chipping away at the stone, at the big rock station, the heritage rock station for 40 years. <laughs> uh, they didn't like that at all. Uh, so one of the things that they did was they recorded my show. They edited it together, and they sent it out. Uh, to radio stations uh, on the East Coast. So I had about four other job offers, uh, one in Philadelphia, one in Cleveland, one in Boston, and one in New York City. And uh, and I said, you know, that this is not what I want to do anymore. I mean, fame and, that was, that, you know, it's fun when you're young. You think about fame, rock star, free music, concerts, meeting bands, chicks, blah, 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 blah. You know, I, it, that, that gets old really, really fast. Uh, and that's not what I wanted to do anymore. I wanted to be the guy behind the scenes. So, going back to your uh, your initial question, uh, as I was deciding what I wanted to do, uh, my the owner Ed Levine he thought I was nuts. He thought I was crazy because I had uh, I had my career in front of me, and he thought that was it was a it was a big big, big mistake that I wanted to go into production, be the guy behind the scenes. Uh, because that's what I love doing. I, you know, if you listen to my show, it was a lot of theater of the mind. It was a lot of drops. It was a lot of production behind the scenes. I worked really, really hard to make that show what it was. I would be recording shows or recording calls all night long. But the calls that I did not care, guess what I did? I took them home, edited them down in my studio, brought them back the next night. And the first half hour, the hour of my show was all pre-produced calls that I that I had set up but I had produced to make it even more full of wonder and magic and radio awesomeness, you know? Uh, and so um, that was behind-the-scenes stuff that I liked to do. So they figured that it was, it was the perfect time because the station, you know, it was kind of hard to have this guy tour at night uh, doing a hard rock show when you're doing an alternative you know, radio station, right. you're playing uh, the Cranberries and such, you know, it's, it's, you know, 
you know, not wrong with the cranberries, but you're not you're you're playing the cranberries and, and, and you're not playing Pantera. Uh, you know, yeah, you're playing Pearl Jam, but you're you've also you, you you've taken away you know the ACDCs, you've taken away the Black Sabbath, uh, and you're you're playing more of uh, you know the I Mother Earths of the world at the time. So um, it was it was a perfect time for for the radio station to change its format. And it was a perfect time for me because it was time for me to move away. So it was a good time for both of us to, to make that change. And, you know, radio stations have to do what they have to do. Um, and wanted to make money, and that's what it's all about. And, uh, and, and he did. I mean, think about, you know, all of the K-Rock events, uh, the, 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 the festivals that they presented each and every year, sold out. You know, yeah, there's a, there's a small niche of people that were really pissed off, and that's okay. Because uh, you know they, you have a passion for the music, but let's let's face it, not everybody is into that type of music. If everybody was into that type of music, uh, there would be that format in your city right now. Right. You have to sell it. You have to sell that format. You know, you, who's going to be advertising on your radio station? Is it going to be every headshot in town and Captain Trips? Is that is that place still in business? I, I don't think you so. Know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you know, you got to you got to go where the money is, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, it's a, it was a business decision. So yeah, and I, I know that there were a lot of really pissed off people, and there always is. Change people don't like change, uh, but it happens, and it's either you you make the adjustments or you you find something else to fulfill your needs. Yeah, I mean, and it makes total sense because if you think back to like 1991. Uh, MTV completely washed their hands of like hard rock, heavy metal, pretty, you know, for the most part, and promoted grunge, you know, even like Headbangers Ball, you know, all that stuff filtered in. So MTV made a move really early. So it was kind of surprising that we had a radio station, even for those few years, that played, like we said, Sabotage and Jackal and all this stuff, because it was somewhat out of vogue, you know, uh, worldwide. So, I mean, it makes total sense. And, and once again, I understand from a business point of view, um, you know, and, and the same thing with the music business. It's the music business. You know what I mean? They, labels had to make money. That's why they said goodbye to artists like Firehouse, and they brought in a lot of artists that were like Nirvana. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember playing that uh, that. Uh, that firehouse song. What was it? All she wrote. Yeah. Every song she wrote. And these are these are great songs. I mean, these are great bands. Uh, you know, and you know, and they had their uh, they had their time in uh, in the uh, uh, in in the history books of rock. I had my time in the history books of uh, of rock in upstate New York. I mean, it was a great run. I don't regret any of it. It was it was a blast. Uh, and it'll never ever happen again. And I was I was there. Um, I was there to to be a part of it. And I got to meet a lot of the bands that uh, I've always wanted to meet. I mean, well, I'm, you know, I remember meeting Ozzy, uh, and we were taking people backstage, and Ozzy wanted me right there by his side. And I go, Why do you want me? And he goes, He goes, Do a tour. He says, I was listening to you. They're here to see you, too. And I'm going, no, 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 no. They're here to see you. And he goes, you stay here. And the record reps stay here with Ozzy. Ozzy wants you here. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so people were coming down, and they're having Ozzy autograph their CDs. You know, they, it was the No More Tears album. Yep. 
and they're having him sign the CDs and such, and then I'm just looking at him, and then the next, the, the, the first person that comes in and signs the CDs, and he has this, this, will you sign it tomorrow? I'm going, no, no, and off he goes, sign the fucking CD. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I go, yes, sir, and I, and I sign it, I was like, whoa. I, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget that. And he says, he's, he says, you were, he says, you were taught to be here. Wow. I was like, yeah, okay. Um, I never looked at it from that perspective. It was always my my job to put the artist up on the pedestal. I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to be there. Uh, but it was fun to be there, uh, and it was a it was a humbling experience. Uh, you know, I I've had bad offers uh, that people would die for, but everybody has their priorities, and my priorities were not about that anymore. Sure, and it's okay. What? Tell me a little bit about some of your favorite bands. Like I, I think you've kind of talked about a, a few of them, but what are some of your uh, favorite artists? Right now, oh my gosh. Um, well, I just bought the. Uh, I, I I still buy vinyl. Nice. I just bought the uh, the Black Sabbath Volume Four Deluxe Box Set. Box set. Uh, it's got a, a live 1973 UK concert. On uh, on double vinyl and it's absolutely fantastic. It's it's Black Sabbath at their peak. Um, uh, I listen. I still listen to uh, my my you know all the bands that I, I listened to back in the day. But right now um, I'm in the bands like Sansara Blues Experiment. Uh, a lot of like this Stoner Doom Stoner Doom Power Groove stuff. Nice. Uh, here, let me pull out my phone and I'll, I'll give you some. I mean they're there are a lot of bands that I've investigated myself that I've come to find just by reading blogs or uh, subscribing to, uh, like, Fuzz, F-U-Z-Z, Fuzz. Uh, they'll, they'll give you up-and-coming uh, releases from bands, and they, and they rate them, and, and it's music right in, the, in our genre of that power groove metal. Nice. Uh, there's a band called Earthless I'm really digging. It's all um, instrumental. Uh, a band called Slift, uh, a band called uh, Slomosa, Stephen Wilson from Porcupine Tree. He's amazing. Uh, Stephen Wilson is a renaissance, and he's doing some amazing stuff. Uh, Weed Pecker is another great Weed Pecker. That's right. Um, <laughs> uh, all over the place. Yeah, it, it, it just really depends on the you know the, the time and, and mood that I'm in. I'm in a band called uh, Riverside. There's a band called Fuzz. It's a three-piece. It's really good. Uh, but I still listen, like, right now. I'm looking. I see the Melancholy and Infinite Sadness, the Special Pumpkins. I see the two ACDC. And I just can't put myself in one basket these days. Um, somebody turns me on to something. Somebody said, hey, man, you should check out the Mutes. You should really spend some time with the Mutes. I never, I never really gave them the time of day. Today, for the first time, I spent some time with them. And I was like, you know what? These guys are pretty dang good. Victor, talk about like the current state of radio. So, I mean, is radio now just too corporate? Is it dying? Is it dead? Is is serious kind of the new no. thing? Or what do you think? No, radio is far from being dead. Um, I think that you know, radio will always be relevant um, because here here's a great here's a great example. Metal Mike. What movie on TV will you watch every time it comes on? 
every time you hear you know, you're flipping through the channels, and, and I'm not talking about Netflix, I'm not talking about Apple TV or Hulu, I'm talking about your local TV station. Something comes on. What is it that it, what's that movie? For me, oh, it's got to be like Rocky Four. <laughs> Rocky Four. Okay, Rocky Four comes on. Me when I, when I see something like um, Blazing Saddles, well, Blazing Saddles doesn't come on anymore because it's so not PC. Um, <laughs> uh, like uh, when I see like Roadhouse, it's like all right, what the heck, man? I gotta watch this. It's, it's a great Patrick Swayze fight. Patrick Swayze fight movie, right? Okay, you're watching Rocky Four. Okay, you even have that. I bet you. Uh, either on C on DVD or on VHS or maybe even as a download. I bet you have it, right? Oh yeah. Blu-ray. Yep. Okay. All right. The reason why you watch Rocky Four, you'll even go through the commercials, man. You'll just like, why would I watch this movie when I could just open up my Apple, my iTunes, and just watch it, you know, on Apple TV or whatever, right? No, because you're part of a group. Yep. You are watching this movie with like-minded people in your neighborhood. Now you're part of a social group. You guys are doing something at the exact same time. And you actually feel as if you're part of something. Because when you're watching it by yourself, you're just watching Game of Thrones and you're uh, whatever, uh, as, a, as a flashback, you know, you're, you're, you're going back to season five, episode three or whatever, all right? The chances of somebody watching that with you at the same time are nil. But when it's happening on the radio at that particular time, when I was doing contests, uh, I remember we did a contest called What's in My Pants. People were engaged because it was a party. It was a, it was a, it was a conglomeration of like-minded people at the same time who were in it for one thing and one thing only, and that was to be entertained. So... Radio is always going to be there. It's just, it just really depends on what local outlet is providing you that opportunity to be part of a special social group. You know, if your radio station doesn't have live talent, doesn't have live talent, and then it is that live talent introducing you into a room of other like-minded people. If, if so, then you're going to have an audience. Because it's not fun listening to the same, you know, listening to... Sam Sarah Blues Experiment all by myself. It's a lot more fun if I'm listening to this band in, uh, in the same room with someone, or at least on the same frequency with someone, because other people are going, whoa. They feel exactly like you. They feel exactly like you. They're like, you're, 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 you're sitting there saying, this band is so fucking awesome. <laughs> Man, I, can't, I hope other people are feeling the same way I am right now. And, and it's the truth. This movie is awesome. I, you know, come on, man. <laughs> Every guy out there loves that. Every guy out there loves that movie. Loves Rocky One. You know, it's just like, every man's crying. You know? <laughs> it's true, man. Every man's right. You make a good point. I mean, every dude is, yeah, everybody's out there, they're, they're banging their heads or they're just going, you know, they're playing the drums on the steering wheel. You know, Russia's Tom Sawyer, that drum solo, you know? And it is so awesome, dude. I remember I remember listening to my radio station, listening to K-Rock uh, on a Saturday afternoon and, and, and driving down Genesee Street, okay? And there I'd be listening to my radio station and somebody would be pulling up next to me with 
they rock on and they're doing the drum solo to the first Tom Square attack. You know, I'm going, yeah. There's that feeling that I'm part of this guy's life and this guy's a part of my life. He doesn't know it, and I, but I know it. And, and, and there's something to be said about that, that synergy of people doing something together at the same time, being part of a club. Yeah, man, you make a good point. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and you're right. We'll do that all the time. When a, when a movie's on we've seen 800 times, we watch it for the, the 801st time. Yeah, we, we definitely do that. Yeah, you'll flip through the commercials. You'll go and, you know, you'll go and maybe get a snack or whatever, and it comes back on, and there you are. You're back in the group again, you know? It all comes down to one thing. Actually, it comes down to two things. Yeah. I was told this years ago. I wish I was told this back when I was working at K-Rock because it was exactly what I was doing back in K-Rock. And the mission of my show was to do two things. You know what those two things were? Man, take a guess, man. Come on. All right, so the, the two two things of your show. I, uh, I would hope you'd want to maybe share cool music with other people, uh, one thing, uh, and entertain people. Okay, okay. Entertain people. Entertainment means sharing all that cool music and doing contests and airing calls and having a, a one-on-one intimate relationship with each person. You know, I, I rarely addressed my audience as, hey, everybody, hey, what's going on? It's like, no, what's up, dude? going on bro it was always one-on-one it was an intimate relationship because Mm -hmm. i wanted people to feel as if i was speaking to them and them only even though there were maybe about 10 i think i had 10 listeners at one time maybe (laughs) maybe maybe 15 i'm not sure but anyway um radio is about two things entertain and tell the listener where to shop yeah that's it it's a master of setups. Okay, coming up next, I've got this, 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 and a chance for you to go backstage to see this band in concert. And then I'm going to make you suffer through a five-minute commercial stop set. Yeah, <laughs> but you're going to stick around because you want to win or you want to participate in that contest. Yeah. It's all you know, smoke and mirrors. I got, I'm going to keep you hanging on, man. You know, because if I'm just not going to set up what I'm going to be doing up next, and I'm going to go into a five-minute commercial stop set, what's going, to make, what's going to make you want to hang on? What is it that I said is going to make you say, oh, I'm going to stick around? Oh, oh so what? You know, tomorrow's going to be playing Black Sabbath, the new Pearl Jam tracks of Stone Temple Pilots, and uh, uh, whatever. You know, okay, you know, okay, great. You know, he does that every night. What, what's he doing that's going to entertain me? What's he doing that is going to be different? One thing I remember, I, I want to say, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think when you would call and request a song, didn't you have to say that you wanted to be smacked across the side of the face or something with, with some uh, some Black Sabbath? Didn't you have to have it, say it a certain way? No, it was just slap, slap me upside the head with some Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, crank, out, you know, crank, crank out some Sabbath. You know, and, 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 and if someone said, dude, man, punch me in the jaw with a little white zombie, and I go, all right, man, stand by, hold on, hold that jaw steady right there. Okay, it's not going to hurt too bad. No, I take that back. It's going to hurt a lot. And I would have these sound effects of, like, ten different hits. And I would have this, and it was like, bang, and all of a sudden you would have this person on the other end go, ah, 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 ah. And, and it sounded as if I was, like, 
attitude. It was creating theater of the mind. Anybody can play a song. Right. But Tor is going to slap you upside the head and he's going to break your jaw, loosen up a couple of teeth, as he's going to play you. So White Zombie, you, don't, you just don't play White Zombie. You crank White Zombie. You're going to be cranking the living daylights out of it. And it's all part of the format. You know? Listen, you're not going to wear a Metallica t-shirt while wearing dark, uh, boat dockers. You know, boat boat shoes. No, you're gonna wear. You know, you're gonna wear some. You know, some uh, some Vans, or you're gonna be wearing. You know, Doc Martens, or you're gonna be wearing something that matches your freaking Ride the Lightning T-shirt, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I I just said, you know what? I'm sick and tired of people saying, "Hey, we play." It just doesn't just didn't match. It just didn't sound right. Now, what do you do today? Do you still do some voice stuff? I mean, do you do like bumpers and things for radio stations? <laughs> You know, uh, all those things that you heard on K-Rock back in the day, 
you know, those things will never be duplicated or replicated. So you have to consider those as memory heirlooms. We were there at a time in your life when you needed something that, uh, that was not being fulfilled. A lot of those people in central New York, man, uh, when all of a sudden this radio station is playing them music that they're not getting anywhere else other than their cassette or CD player in their bedroom. You know, they're, they're getting Motley Crue shot at the devil. They're getting, you know, Dr. Feelgood, you know, okay, so the radio station in town, the rock station in town is playing Home Sweet Home. Yeah, okay, but you know, we're playing Dr. Feelgood. You know, we're playing Kickstart My Heart. We're playing Hooligans Holiday. Yeah. And uh, Karabi, Karabi was, was singing for uh, Motley Crue. You know, we're, we're taking chances. You know, we're, you know we, were, we were providing a hungry audience with a format that was right for the time. And you just so happened to be very, very fortunate to be able to capitalize on that. And, and now you, look, you, you may look back and you say, oh, you know what? I guess I kind of took that for granted, you know? Yeah. No, a lot definitely. of people did, but, but then they realized, you know, it's just like that Cinderella song. Don't you let you go, go Perfect for the glam cast here. Perfect, perfect. There you go, man. You know, I mean, we played the living daylights out of Cinderella, you know? Push, push. Yeah, man. It's all coming back to me now, you know? It's... it's Remember that song, Shake Me by Cinderella? There's another great song we used to play a lot. You know? Yep, killer, man. I love... See, it's funny for me. It's like I... I I'm 44, so... I got into this stuff real young, probably about 10 years old. And then it's just like... When when the grunge and all that stuff came out, you know, don't get me wrong, I I like some of it. I I like Smashing Pumpkins and Nirvana and stuff, but but I always was really holding on to the the '80s hair model, you know. And now it's like, as I'm older, you know, like you said, you like to reminisce and you get the nostalgic. You know, I've really gravitated back to that music. That's what sounds good to my ears. It reminds me of good times. And you know, I got kind of like you're saying when you've got a following or a group of people that you can interact with. I got a Twitter account that just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's got about about fifteen thousand followers that I interact with. And then that was kind of the catalyst to do a podcast. And of course, I'm hitting uh, this stuff at a good time because a lot of these. Uh, musicians are kind of not as big as they once were, obviously. So they're a lot easier to get a hold of with the internet and everything. So that's why I was able to go do a podcast, you know, talk to guys from, you know, ex-members of Kiss and Deep Purple and, you know, you name it. I've, I've talked to a lot of them and it's a dream come true. I just remember being a kid, uh, listening to these albums in my bedroom, you know, being 11, 12 years old. And now I can talk to these guys about this music that really changed my life. And it's, it's pretty cool. Maybe I'll look back someday, 10 years from now and say, wow, you remember when you did that podcast, that was pretty amazing. Maybe you didn't realize it at the time, but it's, it's amazing. You got to connect with people from the past that were your heroes. So it's been fun. Perfect, man. Well, Hey, I really appreciate uh, talking about all this stuff with you is a great blast from the past. Uh, anything you want to say to everybody out there that, that listened to you in the past? Oh, man. Uh, I, I just want to thank you for giving me something that is extremely, extremely rare, and that is your time. You gave me your time out of your evenings, uh, and you dedicated your nights to listening to what this joke had to say, 
what this guy had to say, and 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 if, and if I wasn't in any way, shape, or form uh, an inspiration to you, you inspired me. If if I did something that made you laugh or made you think or made you happy or whatever, then it was my mission. It was my pleasure, and and I just say that I was uh, I, I was very very blessed to be able to be part of your life, and thank you for making me a part of yours. Well, Victor, man, lots of great words of wisdom. Thanks so much for your time, man, and thanks for all those memories. Yeah, brother. And uh, if you ain't cranking it, you're yanking it. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time, man. Hey, pleasure. Talk to you later. Take care. Bye now. Well, that was definitely an interesting one with Victor. Make sure you subscribe. A lot more cool interviews on the way. Rock on!